Hello, Learning Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Learning Cook Thoughts Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another week of the show, and very excited for today's guest. Uh, but before we begin, please go check out LearningCookThoughts.com. That's LearningCookThoughts.com for the official blog that we've launched. Uh, a lot of great stories being shared over there. I'm very excited about it, very happy with all the people that have been contributing. So go to LearningCookThoughts.com to check out our official uh, blog. Also, if you are on Apple, please leave a review. It does not need to be a five-star review, but an honest review that allows me to get better at the show, you know, get better with the podcast. And yeah, I just love to get some feedback on what you all like, what you don't like, and what you want to see uh, maybe in the future. So feel free to leave a review if you are on Apple. And I do want to make a little disclaimer. Uh, I My audio sounds a little different this week. Um, long story short, uh, my puppy uh, was running around and she ripped out the cord to my microphone. And so I was waiting on uh, my new microphone to get here. Obviously, it didn't come in time. So a little bit different sound quality on my end. So apologies if it sounds a little different. Um, but, you know, it, stuff happens, I guess. <laughs> so just wanted to point that out as well. And just like I said, thank you all for listening to this week. This week is a special episode because usually when I do interviews, it's just me and one other person. But I actually have three guests this week, and I'm very excited to introduce them all. And I'm just very excited to um, just share kind of their story and what they've been doing and what they've been up to. And I mean, I was so impressed with them and with everything they're doing. And so it's just very interesting to see this. Uh, business come together. And these are the uh, people behind Black Box Bakery, located in Denver, Colorado. And just to give a little background, uh, first up is Ariel Israel, and she's the co-founder and pastry chef of Black Box Bakery. Uh, she is a graduate of the CIA, and, you know, just very interested in, you know, hearing how, like, seeing her viewpoint of what it was like to start a bakery, especially out in Denver, uh, she's always been interested in French breads and pastries, and this is largely due to her annual trips to the south of France to visit her grandparents. Like I said, she's someone who graduated from the CIA. She's very passionate, and I'm very excited for you all to get to know her throughout the episode. Next up is Megan Reed. She's a, co- a co-founder and pastry chef as well of Black Fox Bakery. And Megan is also a graduate of the CIA, and she's always loved making cakes and refined pastries. And she's someone also that I went to school with personally and got to um, meet in school. And it was just very cool to see her uh, working on this business. So very excited uh, for you all to, you know, meet her throughout the podcast. And also there is uh, Ty Webb. So Ty is the co-founder and he's actually the beverage director of Black Box Bakery. He started his bartending career at Blue Hill and has managed several bars in New York City, which he shares, including the Daisy. Uh, he shares a cool concept in the podcast as well, so I really liked his perspective in terms of coming from the beverage in- industry. And just so you know, Black Box Bakery was founded in 2019, and if you you know want to check it out, go to blackboxbakery.com. And if you want to know kind of a little bit about the business, it is a wholesale and online retail bakery dedicated to bringing unique laminated pastries to the city of Denver. Accompanied by a whimsical space theme, Black Box Bakery is looking to give Denverites an out-of-this-world experience. And I'm very excited for you all to hear this episode. So many great topics, you know, them wanting to build this business, you know, relatively young in their careers, deciding to go into business together. It's very challenging. It's very tough to think of even doing this. And to hear how they're managing to do it in regards to getting their space, to dealing, you know, they opened in November of 2019, and a few months later, COVID's happening. And so to be able to see three young entrepreneurs, three young business owners go ahead and adapt and evolve throughout the coronavirus uh, has been pretty impressive and kind of insane to think about. I love the idea of Black Box Bakery, like the space theme that you get out from uh, Colorado. I definitely uh, grew up a Star Wars nerd, so anything space related, I love. And their menu is really awesome. They have a lot of cool menu items which they check out. Uh, or which you should check out on their website. They explain it in the podcast. And also the Instagram uh, is so good. It has such great photos of their food. And just very interesting. So we talk about them building the business. We talk about wholesale, why that's important. We talk about their theme. We talk about what's on their menu. And some other interesting tidbits here and there. But thank you to all three of you for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. I know you shared that you listened to the podcast. So very honored to have you all on. I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad we got to have three people on the show. And I really think this is uh, an example of how good it could be to start a business in the restaurant industry so or the food industry in general. So thank you all so much for listening, Black Box Bakery crew. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to ordering a space dinosaur. And yeah, here's the episode.
one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, I am going to be interviewing three people. Uh, it's very uh, rare that I get to interview more than one person, but I'm very excited to have the owners, creators of the Black Box Bakery based out of Denver, Colorado on the show today. And before we begin, if you all would like to introduce yourselves, uh, that would be great. Hi, my name is Megan Reed, and I'm the co-founder of Black Box Bakery. I am Ariel Israel, and I am also the co-founder of Black Box Bakery. Hi, my name is Ty Webb, and I am the co-founder of Black Box Bakery. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all for sharing that. Great. Well, I'm very excited to have you all on. Um, and, you know, just uh, would love to hear kind of, first off, obviously, like, what was the inspiration? I know you were established in 2019. Uh, what made you all decide to start a bakery and why, I guess we'll start with that. And then I'd also love to hear about Denver, but first off, what made you want to start a bakery? All right. It's a short, long story. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I was uh, the pastry chef at a restaurant called the bindery and I was um, looking for people that could help me out with the vision I had for there. And I immediately thought of Megan since we've been uh, best friends since the CIA and we worked really well together. And I thought, why not bring her here? She, she could really, you know, help me bring this to fruition. And there was a point where we, well, we got best pastries in Denver in 2018. Um, yeah. And it was a huge, a huge move for us. And we were really happy with that. And we came to a point where we're like, why are we doing this for someone else when we're perfectly capable of doing it on our own? I mean, we're, uh, that's the goal in the end of the day. So we saw that Denver would grant us that, that opportunity. Um, so we decided to kind of leave uh, the restaurant we were at and pursue our dream. It had many forms in the beginning. Um, we were th we were thinking of a food truck to begin with, something mobile that we can take pastries all over Denver. And then um, through talking to the restaurant owner and talking to a bunch of people, we realized that uh, Denver's really missing that wholesale aspect um, of pastries. And uh, a lot of uh, coffee shops we talked to and been to were really frustrated with the selection. And we thought that we could definitely fill that in with with um, pastries that are elevated and, you know, something that you would want to see in a bake shop, but you could see everywhere in the city. Um, so that's that's the bakery aspect. The space aspect is Denver is a wacky place uh, <laughs> and it has, you know, the most conspiracies and the most alien sightings and the most everything that I've ever seen. And I've always been into that. Everyone has been into that from this group. And I thought, you know, we're trying to bring something that's out of Denver, out of that world. So uh, basically we hopped on that theme. We love it. And we think it's like, it brings another kind of dimension to our, to our bakery overall. Um, Black box is supposed to be something that's, you know, you think of a void, you think of something that needs to be filled, you think of a something that can be changed, you know, incessantly. So <laughs> that's something yeah. that we wanted to play to. Um, and that's where Black Box, the name came from. Um, yeah, and there's a little history of how we added the bar aspect to that. And I think Ty could share more of that, but I don't know if you have any other directions you want to go to. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, that was a great introduction to the business. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ty, if you wanted to expand a little bit on that, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So the, the way, besides the obvious connection to my wife being a baker and, you know, doing something together with your wife, the excitement and that, uh, I used to be a bar manager at a place called Greenlight Lab in Denver. It's, it's been and gone since uh, it closed down in the beginning of 2019 um it was just a 800 square foot bar which is something you don't see often 48 seat capacity um and you know megan and ariel used to come into the bar the concept was we had alpha no we had beta and approved cocktails where guests could actually 
just vote on every single thing that was in the bar. Like, so if you're at a table, you could rate, uh, you could rate your seat, you could rate your chair, you could rate your fixture. And the reason why you do that is because the owner of that bar <clears throat> was actually an architect and his office was actually behind the back wall of the bar. So hmm. all our office work stuff that I would do printing menus, which seemed to be thousands and thousands and thousands of menus all the time. Uh, we would just like create cocktails and guests. We'd be able to rate them. And, you know, based on whatever the guests enjoyed most, they got to chose, choose what drinks they would have on the menu. So anytime they would come back, you know, they would say like, wow, that was the best drink ever. And that's on the approved list now. So we would, we started out changing the menu every four weeks, which was, you know, I was trying to be very creative, uh, but then we changed it to seasonal every four months, and that was still a lot of work, but mm -hmm. it all kind of fit together. And now we have the black box concept where, so they we get to change everything together just like that concept as well. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And, uh, Megan, I don't know if you wanted to kind of touch base as well into kind of you joining the business or helping start the business. Yeah, I mean, when I moved out here to Denver, Colorado, I mean, it's been such an experience, like such a great experience. You move from, uh, I was working at Magnolia Bakery in New York City, which was a, a also a great experience, but completely different, um, mm -hmm. cor corporate structured. Uh, yeah, and then moving out to Denver, you see that, I don't know, you have this like narrow pointed view of like what a city should look like. And I guess my 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 idea of a city like always revolved around New York city. So you think that it's like yeah. established, like every city is established like that. And Denver is definitely not like that. Like the food industry, there's so much opportunity here. So I think we really found that niche for our wholesale business right now. And we're really excited. We're currently working on getting a storefront and we're really excited about that aspect to be able to put that creativity and see our guests firsthand instead of having them in other coffee shops which which has really worked for us but we are super excited to have people in our own space that we can get excited about pastries and cocktails with so awesome well you know i think uh i think the, the next question i have for all three of you is i think a lot of times uh when i have people on or other food podcasts have businesses on they go kind of right into the menu or concepts or how it was started but a lot of, all of you seem pretty like young in your career, uh, relatively speaking to how long you could go with food. I want to know about like just starting out, like acquiring a building, finding a space to actually like start baking out of. Uh, what was that process like, and how were you able to, you know, get a place to a kitchen to where you could start making products? So the process is a little bit funny. So I'll have Ty pass off <laughs> he'll answer this one because he experienced this one firsthand so so i'm gonna underline this story with the idea that networking is the most important thing you can do in our industry right no. <laughs> you could you could produce millions of dollars worth of, of products uh but if if you're just in your space and you're not talking to other industry people you're still not doing enough right um so Here's how it happened. Uh, Estate Brands, uh, which is like this really cool like craft uh, distributor for spirits and uh, wine. I got we got invited to like all three of us got invited to go to a tasting, and it was after a really late shift. Uh, we got out at like three in the morning, and um, they had Estate Brands actually had rented out a house uh, for these tasting things. They they do it like all the time. And so we all go and I'm a little hungover because of course we had our, our chef shots and, <laughs> and so I'm by the nacho stand and, and I'm sorry, let me, let me correct that nacho stadium. <laughs> the nacho yes, it was a nacho stadium and this is not a fabrication. <laughs> so, so I'm talking to this guy, a really, really nice guy. I'm telling him, hey, you know, I work at this place. I'm a bar manager here. And, um, you know, this is my wife. This is her best friend. And and uh, we were just in the inception of our business, basically. 
And uh, he's like, oh, you know, I produce uh, this really well-known spirit called Colorado Vodka, which is like a vodka you see at like every retail store downtown. And mm-hmm. you'll see it at a lot of bars. And he was like, I'm actually looking for somebody to produce baked goods for us uh, slash bread. And they're like, we could do that. And so uh, the girls start talking to Robbie, which is the owner of Ironton Distillery. And before you know it, we're in, we're in this like very small kitchen uh, trading rent for pastries. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then another thing happens. We some, we're selling wholesale to another one of our accounts that we still have today. Um, this developer, his daughter comes and tastes a pastry says, wow, you know, dad, you have to try this. The dad tries it. He's the owner of this huge, um, uh, hospitality group. And then, and then he calls the girls up. He says, wow, I've been to 70 countries and this is the best pastry I've ever had. We, we want to open a space with you. Um, and that space is still in development, but uh, you know, we're in talks. Everything's always in talks. Uh, so we're still talking with them and they might be the key to help us really have our own space one day, but that is an even longer story, ongoing saga. (laughs) (laughs) So we paid, we paid like no rent right now. (laughs) You're totally correct with the networking aspect. Uh, kind of weird that it was near like Nacho stadium. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, no, I mean, I think you're, you're totally correct in that. And I think that is an awesome story. So obviously you get the space, uh, what like what part of 2019 was this in when you started uh, opening the business? Uh, we opened the business. Wasn't it October, October when we got our license? But I think we really started in November yeah. of November 2019. Of 2019. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's a pretty busy season, obviously, with the holidays and whatnot. Uh, what was it like opening uh, to the holiday <laughs> season? I feel like that's a tough beginning as a bakery uh, business. I, yeah, if you want to So basically when we started, it was like the account that we had was our former restaurant that we worked at. Um, that was our number one account. We had maybe like two wholesale accounts at that time. Um, so first we were like trying to figure out how to do wholesale because none of us had experience in that. And second, you know, our retail outlet, we, we usually do online retail. Um it was not really established. So we were kind of, you know, taking a slow start to everything. Um, We felt like it was a lot, (laughs) but now, now it's like, Oh, that was nothing. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. Um, What, uh, if you don't, so where do you uh, selling your baked goods through? Like what service did you start out with uh, for retail? So we started, so we first started with honestly the, the way we started the business was with our previous restaurant and they started buying our pastries and okay. then we're like, obviously we need more accounts in this because we need to make a little bit more money. So we kind of just started doing cold calls and bothering a lot of coffee shops and seeing if they would uh, try our stuff or, you know, or we would go by and drop off the pastries and be like, Hey, try this. Can I talk to your manager? Like you kind of have to be that annoying salesperson to get into wholesale and be like, I have a good product. Please put this in your mouth. <laughs> but it, and it can be frustrating because that's something that none of us were prepared for, like, especially from culinary. You go to culinary school and they don't teach you stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's like it's like on on the job training. It's like if you're going to your internship or externship and you're like, wow, I didn't I didn't see I didn't prepare me for this, but <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. So, yeah, you have to be, like, a little bit of an annoying salesperson, but it's what, like, gets your business rolling. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I, so I actually wanted to walk through this uh, this idea because I didn't realize until you were just telling me this. So I noticed on your website there's a list of uh, like coffee uh, shops or businesses that hold your goods or sell certain goods of yours. Yeah. What – um. And, and as in a city like Denver, I don't know how many bakeries like yours are out there. So I can only imagine if you put if you make these really like great laminated products or whatnot, you kind of have a niche sector to where you can sell to other businesses that maybe are looking for something like that, but don't necessarily have the capacity 
or the labor to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, is that a large percentage of what you're selling is to other uh, accounts as opposed to retail? Uh, so basically we're, the wholesale aspect is our largest aspect right now. Um, we've recently gained kind of like a momentum in our uh, online retail. It's been tough because again, we don't have any representation, you know, outside of, of our website or Instagram or anything like that. Um, so we've been working really hard on the Instagram outlet and making sure that the website is, uh, approachable and it's, it's been a ride because none of us know how to do any of the, you know, website stuff. So it's been, it's been something that we've been trying to get at. Um, but yeah, the wholesale is like a huge part and we do get people that are like, oh, I go to, you know, this coffee shop every day and I, I didn't even know that I could order, you know? So, uh, then I, I guess word gets out and, and then people are like, okay, so I can order whatever I want from the actual bakery. But at the same time, like we're not, we require a two day notice for all of the orders. So that is maybe a deterrent for some, some people, but at the same time, we've gotten a lot of people that were saying, I love that I can order the stuff and I don't have to worry about it being sold out, you know? So that's kind of like a strong point. And people are like, I know I'm going to get this and I know I'm going to get it delivered and I'm going to be home chilling and my pastries are going to show up. So I think that is a very attractive point from that end. Okay. Is this uh, for bakeries, is wholesale something that's usually like a bakery like yours, is that usually a big part of what they're selling or, or is it kind of flipped where it's more retail from your experience? Um, I'd say not always. I said some, some bakeries, definitely. There's definitely bakeries that are made just to do wholesale. Uh, a lot of bakeries that I know of in New York City, they don't personally do that just because they have like such a, re a huge retail market. They already have that backup, you know, because you have, I mean, the foot traffic in New York City is insane. Like the amount of customers I served at Magnolia in one day was astronomical. Like I couldn't even count the people, but uh, yeah, there are a lot of bakeries that are made just to do wholesale. It's honestly an easier market to start if you're doing like a startup bakery because you have, you have customers that are ordering an exact amount of pastries and you're delivering those pastries to them. So you don't have very much waste. Uh, so that was what was, we were like, that's attractive for us because we're not going to, you know, bake off maybe a hundred butter croissants and only 20 of them sell. Like that's a, a huge loss in our eyes. So that's what, that's why we started doing the wholesale. Cause we were like, we were also working, we were all working a second job. So we were doing the wholesale business on the side and, and getting all of our funds from this other job that we were working. So that's how we like slowly started it. Cause we knew we couldn't just like completely jump into the wholesale business and fully fund our, or yeah, fully fund our, ourselves and our lifestyles. So, but now we're full time. Yeah. We're all, we're all full time doing the bakery. Awesome. Is it just you three in regards yeah, to it's literally just us three. Wow. <laughs> no, it's uh it's really cool. Especially if you all, you know, continue to gain momentum. Um, I think that'd be very interesting. And so obviously, you know, a big, a uh, big question I have to ask is, and so timing wise, you started in November, March mm -hmm. is when, of, of 2020, obviously, is when uh, COVID started, obviously changing the industry. Uh, as a business that was, what is that, six months, five months? Maybe yeah. that's off on that. Um, yeah, as a business that relatively was so new uh, in terms of like going and starting to sell product, what was it like to have to build your business um, during COVID and during everything that happened in the last year? Um, I'll, I'll start with this and then maybe we'll pass it around because I'm sure everyone will have something to add. Uh, the first, I would say the first week or two when they shut down restaurants, it was like immediate panic. Like everyone was in panic mode. So then obviously you're, you're going to go into panic mode just because you're like, that's how everyone is reacting. So you, you're in this like weird limbo of, un, you know, it's unsure if these businesses are going to open up or if they, they're going to keep running. So a lot of our coffee shops are like, should we stay open? And they're like, yeah, we should stay open because people are still going to want coffee. Right. Um, so I think at first, well, we kept doing business with people, obviously our accounts, 
Um, and at first they were like, okay, we're a little bit slower than normal, but it's not terrible. So we just kept distributing pastries to them. And then as it continued here, I'll, I'll pass it to Israel so everyone can. Uh, so yeah, so basically um, we're like, okay, so everyone's decreasing their orders. Who is going to stay open? What's going to happen? And we were lucky enough to be in that spot where, you know, we don't really have to worry about if we're going to, you know, get kicked out or anything like that. Um, but you know, slowly we saw that coffee shops are staying open because the guidelines were like, okay, you can pick up food. So that culture of kind of like coffee shops, fast food and all that had kind of like a stronghold on, on the whole time. Um, and basically we saw that, you know, the coffee shops were doing insanely well. So in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, everyone, you know, was panicking, decreased their orders, but then you see that people you know, still want to go outside, maybe walk and get their coffee or get a pastry and, you know, get, get a little something sweet, you know, to make their day a little happier. Um, so we just saw that it was, uh, you know, a slight decline and then like a shot up. So um, basically we gained all of our accounts during the pandemic, which is to me really insane um, here at time. Yeah. Um, so we, we realized that the, the coffee shops are the barons of like the, the new money barons. There's the new oil. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, we learned a lot about how their cost works as well. Um, and then we also got to do some, you know, competitive selling with other, you know, businesses, uh, other bakeries, which is, it, it's all been a very awesome learning process for us, you know, and then we learned a little bit about real estate Um which this is a lot of stuff we did not know that we were going to learn so fast since every week we've been learning um we i we we we've talked about this before as as a group uh that we don't know if this if had the pandemic not happened we it it would have we think that it would may have stunted our growth right because we had the opportunity to pay no rent for for a our first place, right? The hardest thing anybody can do is find their first place to move into. And now that we're, you know, going through or hopefully coming towards the end of this pandemic, we uh, we're learning that money is hard to acquire. <laughs> it's hard to acquire with other, other than the means of the business, right? So now we're, we're looking to, you know, finance the construction of our space and, you know, we're, we're using a lot of our connections to save some money, um, you know, through these industry people. But uh, the one recommendation I could have to anybody that has the opportunity to do wholesale is to do wholesale, right? Yeah. Uh, banks are thinking about, um, they're thinking about cash flow, right? You may not be thinking about cash flow. You may be thinking that whatever retail setting you're in, be it, you know, guest facing only or, or anything, banks want to know that you have cash flow. Uh, and that's like the only advice I could give is just make yourself marketable like that and, and also have a strong Instagram presence and annoy, annoy these journalists. Say <laughs> our product is amazing, right? Forcibly email all of them all the time. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we've learned. That's good advice. I want to touch on that point of wholesale. So, I think you know, maybe you all agree, but coming from the CIA, I, for the four years I was there, I was, it's literally like, even until after I graduated, I thought I wanted to own a restaurant, um, fine dining, serve small amount of people. And I feel like a lot of the industry uh, leads, leads you and guides you in that direction. And if you're doing anything but that, um, I feel like sometimes people don't see that as like something they want to do. Uh, but as I've, you know, been able to manage with a great restaurant group as I've been uh, working in grocery, now working in R&D, like, I realize that you, you're, you have a certain cap as far as like how much you can serve out of one place. Whereas for you all, like you, there's uh pretty, like, yes, the size of Denver, maybe, but if, as you get bigger and if you want to expand, you could do wholesale spread out throughout the entire state or maybe in the entire country, you know, years down the road. Uh, how was there like a shift into understanding that wholesale was 
um, what would allow you to keep pursuing your passion? Or did you kind of start out thinking, we really just want to do like small retail pastries? Like, what was there like, because for me, there was like that big switch of going from like, oh, I want to do like a 10 person restaurant or working like a 20 person restaurant. So like, actually, I want to learn about food business and how to manage multiple locations. Was there any ever any of that for you all uh, during this process? Um, I mean, I think definitely, I think that happens with any, anyone that's pursuing like a dream that you have, you have this dream, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I want this beautiful bakery that looks like this and this and has all these nice things and serves customers. And you're like, okay, let's bring that dream right back to reality. Cause that costs, it costs a lot of money. I mean, that's what, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, a 20 seat restaurant that serves insanely expensive food that has a really small yield it costs a lot of money so yeah you have to you have to start somewhere and that's all that that I mean that's exactly what we did we're like okay we need to be making money we have to have a job so this is going to be a it's a startup business so it's going to be on the sides so we we're working what a eight to ten hour job and then we would go overnight at the bakery and it was it's a lot of work but wholesale was something that like it really jump-started our business it's what has I mean it's what our business is right now it's not what we want you know we want to be able to serve our customers at some point but it's really exciting to be talking to these coffee shops and seeing that they're successful with our pastries and they got to like switch some stuff up and they have consistent customers that come there every single day um yeah I'll pass it to Israel because I think she has a few things to say also yeah, so, um, I mean, everyone that we've talked to has seen the wholesale as, like, the backbone. So, when you start off and you, you have dreams and stuff like that, you're like, okay, I just want to do it. But then you realize there's so many hurdles on the way. Uh, and for us, uh, the wholesale has provided a kind of, like, testing the waters type situation. So, we put out products, we test them out, basically. We see what the clients like, what they don't like. So eventually that leads us to know exactly how much we can sell in a day, what people like, <laughs> what people don't like. So it's something that people don't see initially when you're like, oh, you're doing wholesale and that's it. I mean, it's it's not the the most fun thing, but it's something that could immensely like help you understand the business and all the outlets that you will be doing or aspire to do. And I feel yeah, like, I there, great. There's, yeah, there's great value in that for sure. Yeah. Well, it's great value and you get your product to more people. And I feel like as people who create food, like that would be something that you like really enjoy. And I guess I ask you this question because I know a lot of my listeners have thoughts of running their own business or managing their own business one day. And in reality, like the more you can get your product out there, the more it sells, uh, the more resources you have to do new things and try out new concepts and whatnot. So, um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was very interesting, this kind of wholesale conversation, because it's interesting and obviously it's uh, helping you all get your product and name out there uh, throughout your community. Right. Um, so kind of going uh, with, what you make, uh, if you want to share kind of some menu items or kind of the concept of like, when you were drawing up the menu, what you wanted to create, because your uh, your products aren't like easy things. I, I don't assume they're easy. Obviously, I don't bake, but I know laminated doughs. The, when I had like a week of that in culinary school, it was like, <laughs> what am I even doing? So uh, <laughs> what is it like to uh, uh, create such a, I guess, complex or labor intensive menu and be able to pull it off with a three person team? Uh, so basically, first things first, uh, Denver is in the higher elevation. Uh, so when we came here, I literally did not even think about the aspect of like, oh, it's drier, it's higher, and it's going to mess up your product. Um, so basically, uh, first, the first thing that we had to do, and that's when we were working at the other restaurant, was figure out how to kind of change all the recipes that we have and we had such great recipes but they didn't work and we're like oh no we got to change all of this so it took us about like two years to get to the product we are now um and basically uh 
as you know, the, as you said, the lamination is an extensive process. It's a three-day process, meaning we make the dough, let it rest, laminate, shape, freeze, proof, bake. So it's, it's something that people either shy away from or really get into. So there's a couple spots in Denver that are getting into that type of stuff. But um, I feel like what we bring in terms of lamination and product is, is staying true to the classic, but elevating it. Um, and that's something that I don't really see too often. It's, it's still putting the art into it and into a product that could be shipped out. Um, and that's something that we've been trying to get to. Uh, but if I, you know, wholesale in the end of the day is going to limit you on, on exactly what you can do, unfortunately. So we've been trying to work around that and see what we can ship out that would stay good for like 10 hours, you know, and something that could still look beautiful, still be that level that we want it to be. Um, yeah. So I can pass on to Megan. Yeah. I mean, building our menu came into... Well, yeah, we had to create the recipes, which was such a pain in the butt. But that came along with the high elevation that we didn't know too much about, which was definitely a a fun thing. Um, But yeah, building our menu came along like, okay, what do we know as like classic French pastries? And how can we expand from that? Like we need, you need the classics because everyone knows an almond croissant. Everyone knows a buttered croissant. I mean, I personally love the chocolate croissant it's like one of my faves but yeah we're like let's I mean I think one of the most useful tools for chefs right now is being able to have access to social media and seeing these other chefs do such amazing things and it's like okay if you're looking at a dish or you're looking at something that somebody's posting online and and you see like flavor combinations you're like how can I put that into my product which I think is one of the most valuable from valuable tools of social media you get to see these amazing chefs use the exact ingredients that they're using and we're like how can we how can we put that in a croissant how how can we do this so that was also the idea for the black box concept because black box concept in a in a restaurant is something that rotates something that's changing really often is like a pop-up right so we have a black box pastry that we do monthly and we change the flavors, which is like, it's our favorite thing to do because it's like, okay, this month, what do we get to put into a croissant that people have not had in a croissant or what, what pastry are we going to make? So people buy it. It's, it's a mystery croissant. So you buy it without knowing what it is and then it shows up. Yeah. It shows up on your doorstep and you're like, oh, awesome. Now I get to try this, this cool croissant, which is, it's what we want to do in, in the retail business to have like a mystery croissant that you're buying blindly basically um but yeah the rest of the the menu is like what do we have a pistachio croissant right now we have a strawberry croissant which is super good um we do some seasonal things we have like a holiday space dinosaur which was for (laughs) for christmas and it was filled with apple pie filling and also like a twice baked croissant which is insanely delicious. Um, how, do you twice, uh, how do you bake a croissant twice? Uh, so you're gonna so an, an almond croissant is a twice baked croissant. So you proof it and bake it so it's a butter croissant, and then mm-hmm. the next day you're gonna cut it in half and fill it with almond filling, and then cover it on the top with uh, sliced almonds, and then you bake it again. So that's a twice. Baked yeah, you said croissant. it was sorry. What, what was that product that you were talking about? That that's the the almond croissant, but the one that I was yeah. just talking about was our our holiday holiday space dinosaur. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Um, <laughs> I it on your Instagram, but I don't. I think I'm uh, doing a bad job. You'll have to send me a picture of it after this. Um, yeah, I'll find one. <laughs> uh, no, that's really cool. Uh, and then obviously, so my favorite uh, pastries or desserts or baked goods are savory uh items what savory items do you have on your menu if any yeah Ty, you want to talk about Ty will talk about our savory items. i will tell you about the delectable delicious savory <laughs> items we have <laughs> uh okay so our savory items are about best-selling items right i and it goes along with item? me i am yeah there are best-selling oh, wow. items right so we have i think we have about five right okay. so and, and I'm going to include butter in that, right? I'll, I'll call that one That's savory. Fair. 
But so we have butter, we have our ham and, ham and cheese, and then uh, which the cheese we're using is it's just cheddar, and then salty, salty ham. <laughs> <laughs> salty, salty ham. <laughs> and uh, that's right. It, it's the key. Um, it, and it's actually what's really nice is when you bake that ham and cheese. Uh, so the outside, super crunchy, flaky, exactly what you're looking for in a croissant. And then you've got like this super cheesy goodness with that ham in there. It's great. It's great. I'm actually thinking about doing more variations of that. I think it's awesome. And then uh, like a, a really good second best seller is our sausage croissant and uh, our sausage bareka. Uh So it's going to be like kind of this uh, rectangular uh, flaky pastry. Uh, it's got sashimi on the top. And if you don't know what sashimi is, uh, it's like a Asian seven spice, you know, it's got, it's really, really good. If you go to any Japanese place, uh, let's say you have, um, ramen, ramen or chicken karage, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have that on there. Uh, the inspiration behind that was that we were all working at a Japanese place. <laughs> uh, um, and then we have our potato barekas. You're going to, you're going to start hearing me say barekas a lot. And that's because. Ariel is, is Israeli, so so we we have some Middle Eastern influence. Can you explain what a is? And then we have our potato. Could you explain what? really quick what a bareka is? Uh, just in, if anyone in the audience doesn't yeah. know what it is. Uh, so a barekas is usually a, it's made out of puff dough and it's usually filled with savory um, fillings. So it's a very traditional thing. You'll usually see it in like a spinach a spinach feta swirl or anything like that. So that's kind of like a play on uh i guess um a croissant but it's more uh approachable in terms of like puff dough doesn't have yeast so first it's easier to handle easier to bake and will last forever in the freezer um but yeah the barakas is a very traditional pastry that you you can see dating back thousands of years um and yeah for me like I, I used to go after elementary school to to the local bakery and get like a pizza barracas, which was one of my favorite things. And I was like, I have to do something like that because I miss it and I want it. <laughs> so basically that's how that came in. And yeah, those are really huge sellers because in the end of the day, I'm also like a savory person. I love everything salty. Um, so anything that people will see, oh, this could be a lunch breakfast kind of situation uh they'll get it and yeah we didn't expect the savory savory route to be so successful but it's like really insane awesome i mean i i'm shocked to hear that it's the best-selling uh category i would have thought the i guess the sweet components would have been more so but um that's really good to hear yeah well so uh we 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 didn't expect that either but i guess it's it's fairly evenly balanced uh the way we work, we use Excel heavily. Um, uh, we that's our system for deciding on how how many pastries we're doing a day, a week, a year, a month, uh, and then we also use it for our pulling methods as well. Um, but to finish that sausage bareka, the the best part of the sausage bareka <laughs> is the sausage, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I'm from Texas, and so they you know the there's like this my favorite donut shop and people are probably going to call me a sellout if you're from texas <laughs> is is called shipley's donuts so i used to go there every saturday shipley's morning um, I, I believe I, I used to yeah <laughs> shipley's i'm pretty sure i have that. I, i'm pretty sure so they're great or no yeah uh houston uh i'm from fort worth okay. texas uh specifically keller which is north texas and they they have some out there off, right off 377. Um, uh, insane, uh, insane. Yeah. Uh, I actually I last time I was in Texas I bought a Shipley shirt to proudly rep the greatest donut. <laughs> I I think my, uh, uh, my GM at the time or no sorry our accountant had brought them in. What it, it, it's a donut? Is this the donut with the sausage in it from that place? Correct. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what I had. It was. It was. That, it was good. <laughs> it's it's probably the fakest cheese you can find, but it, that's how I like my cheese in my in my morning, my, I guess pastry. <laughs> uh, 
so that sausage, right? Not nearly as big. Uh, so if we're talking about the Shipley's donut, which is the, my analyzation of it, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a four inch sausage. It's huge, right? You know, in, in like a in like donut dough. But you know, of course, our so we use a similar sausage, but it's about two and a half three inches. Um, so not nearly as big, uh, but it is it is like that morning sausage. Great. Right. So the other two savory things we have, just quick rundown, uh, is our spinach uh, bareka. So that's going to have like uh, it's going to have feta, spinach and cream cheese. Yum. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, our potato bareka. So it's got caramelized onions in there. And then basically it's like a potato filling, just like making a mashed potato, put it right in the center. And then we have a little bit of a little sesame on top. <laughs> awesome. No, uh, that all sounds so good. Um, it just, I guess, uh, I guess I will say this, though. Real, going back to the Shipley's thing, it was good. I don't know if I could eat that for breakfast, though, ever, ever again. It's a, it's a very funny <laughs> Oh no! I could eat it. I could. I, I think I could do it once in a while. But I remember specifically that day because I was so tired. Um, from like, you know, <laughs> it was so much. So it's good though. It, it is so good. But I would eat it on a day off. I would not eat it. Uh, I would eat it in a day off. No, that's so. That's awesome to hear. You're gonna have to walk me through your menu because I definitely want to order some stuff. Um, and I'm not going to be able to remember all of this uh, off the top of my head. So, <laughs> but I would like to also go into the space idea as well. Uh, so I see all your Instagram posts usually have something to do with space. And you all have really creative uh, content out with different locations. I like the Salt Planet one that kind of reminded me of Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi, which I thought was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, <laughs> what has it been like to kind of integrate space and also not just like obviously in your concept, but also make it kind of like this cool thing on social media? Um, I think our, our biggest thing with bakeries is we're, I mean, I personally, not that it's terrible, but I personally hate seeing products that take, I mean, uh, croissant takes us three days to make like the whole process is like a three day process. And then you go into a bakery and you see them like stacked on top of each other and all of this like, you know, madness. And, and it looks nice in the pastry case, but it's like that that product deserves so much more recognition and it deserves to just be on a plate by itself. So like my experience with bakeries, the first bakery that I walked into that I was like, oh, my gosh, I am obsessed was a bakery called Supermoon Bakehouse in it's in New York City. It's off of Essex Street. And it is just like you walk in in their doors and they have this long pink marble table and they have one of each croissant that they make on the table. And you you pick the croissants that you want and they pack it out for you in the back in this like beautiful, shiny box. And yeah, I was just amazed. I mean, I had never seen a bakery that wasn't like putting all their pastries in the case and, you know, and it was just like, it was that like wow moment for me that I was like, this is exactly, why would I take like three days to make this freaking pastry and then stack it on top of all the other pastries that took forever to make? It's like, it, you, it loses all of that. I don't know. It, it takes so long to make it. It's like such a long process. That you're like, just deserves to be on a table by itself. And I just was like, so amazed by that. And we thought that, the whimsy of space and like pastries just goes really well together because space is like this thing that we don't know too much about, but it's so beautiful. And I feel like that's how people look at croissants is they're like, I don't really know too much about that, but it's so pretty and I'm going to put it in my mouth. It's so delicious. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that they mesh really well and it allows you to, I mean, it's something that you don't see too often with bakeries because people are about that artisan, you know, make, you see the flower everywhere. It's really cool. They have a great products, but we're like, we want our product to have this like whimsical feel. And Israel can talk to you about the Instagram. She's pretty much a pro at that. Um, she does a lot of our Instagram creating and she has a great camera. She takes all the pictures. So I'll let her talk about that. Yeah. So um, basically the, what 
combining the space and pastry allows us to do is hitting on that creativity. And I feel like, you know, first of all, the black box theme is like, you know, anything is possible. Uh, and I feel like space is the same. And in that aspect, you know, we're not going to do like, we're not going to have like a, a spaceship in our bakery or anything like that. But tying in the, the, this is not just a croissant. This is the mother planet. You know what I mean? This is the, the spaceship, the, the UFO. It just gives it another spin and another kind of fun way to look at it because, you know, uh, we created the mother planet for mother's day. So giving that the representation, we have the mother and, uh, spaceships and UFOs are like similar to the shape, but we're not trying to, you know, make it too space heavy, I guess, but it's the same, the kind of like respecting where we are right now in terms of like, you know, uh, Denver and aliens is like a huge connection. And, um, we we I mean Ty is a huge uh, Star Wars nerd, and <laughs> he loves he loves all of that too. So the the salt planet was uh, his his idea, and um, but in the end of the day, like tying it into Instagram, like I don't just want to post like a row of fifty croissants. I mean, people see that everywhere. I feel like each product deserves to be highlighted, and and that's what I aim to do in the photos that I post on Instagram um, is to show like the beauty of it, the close up, the things that people don't usually pay attention to. Um, and we change it up. Like in the beginning we did, this is the product, this is what we're selling. It's in a black void kind of situation. And, you know, you're not gonna see that too often. And then we kind of changed it up to, here's the our pastry in Denver, it landed. And here it is in the places that you know. Um, and then we switched to colors because we felt like, you know, you see all these cool photos of space. I mean, with the naked eye, you can't really see anything. But once people take insane photos, you appreciate it, you know. And I feel like I'm trying to do the same with the photos that we post that highlight, you know, not only the product, but the, the colors and, and the whole scheme of things. That's awesome. No, it's they're, they're really cool. I, I love the Instagram. Um I think it's awesome that you just put so much time and care into it. Do you all have a uh, TikTok as well or not yet? No. <laughs> I, we, we have a TikTok account, but I have posted like two videos on it. And we talked about this a little bit on the phone, I think. Um, but it's just such a, I mean, people make really cool videos, but it's, I mean, Instagram alone is such a huge time consumer for us. And it's hard for us to like post a lot of content on there. Cause we're like, we're at the bakery and we're making stuff. And I'm like, wait, Ty, let me like video you making those cookies. And, and then it takes like three shots for me to get like a good one that I actually like. And I'm like, that took five minutes. Okay. Back to work. <laughs> so, I mean, it would, it would be cool to get into TikTok. I would have to be like more versed in it and be able to, yeah, I mean, it would, it's fun to see people posting stuff on TikTok for sure. And it's it's really blowing up as an app, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I'm just, maybe it's just me wanting to see it, but I think it would be super cool to see everything you all do on there. Um, just an idea. But uh, I guess, you know, as you continue to grow this business, it sounds like, like you said, you're getting uh, a lot of traction, uh, obviously growing the brand. It does take, I'm sure there's been a lot of patience too. Um, in terms of building out the business, but what are some of your goals, like long-term, like, do you hope to like have different locations in different cities? Do you want to stay regional? Uh, would you want to have an entire team kind of, what are your, what are you all hoping for with uh, the bakery? Yeah. I mean, um, so the bakery would be our first feat, our, our whole dream that we've, shortened a little bit just because you know you have to come back down to reality is that we'd like to eventually have a restaurant group and have um you know a lot of different concepts because we're excited about I mean pastry is like our heart you know that's what we learned in school and that's what we had eventually wanted to have but we're also like it would be really cool to have like Ty is obviously a really talented bartender, bar manager, and it would be cool to have like maybe a pop-up bar here mm -hmm. or there's, I mean, the cool thing about Denver is there's so many, there's so many cool neighborhoods 
And they're very specific to that location. Like a lot of people stay in their neighborhood and it's the same in New York city. Like a lot of people that live in Queens and work in Queens, they're just going to stay in Queens. A lot of people stay in Brooklyn or they stay in Manhattan, but it's the same. Denver is a lot smaller, obviously, but there's a lot of neighborhoods that people are staying in that area. They want to go to the coffee shop. They want to go to the bar down the street. So if you're in, you know, one of the neighborhoods, you're not getting all of the clientele that you could, but I think we would eventually think about possibly maybe moving to different states and opening different places, but it wouldn't all just be black box bakery. It's going to be like, you know, it'll be a lot of different concepts. Okay. Uh, no, it's cool to hear. And I, you know, I wish you all the best of luck on it. Um, and I guess last question business wise, uh, more so obviously COVID push a lot of things online. Do you, anticipate seeing a lot of online retail in the future do you anticipate like that becoming the biggest sector of the bakery or are you more so uh do you think more so like wholesale locally would be still kind of your biggest focus as a business just curious kind of see what your thoughts are on it because it's it's like i feel like everyone has a different answer on that so right so i think i think that Fear paid a large played a large part in us doing the online retail, right? Because let's let's talk about why there's the fear, right? The fear is if I get sick, and then my kids get sick, then I can't work and I can't make money, right? So the safest play was for us to do the online retail, and you know, yesterday was opening day here in Denver. And right, whatever your feelings, anybody's feelings are on masks, right? There was not many masks seen <laughs> yesterday, right? And some of us, some of us are okay. You know, everybody's getting vaccinated or a lot of people are getting vaccinated. So, um, you know, we, we could see online retail definitely being a part of our business, Um and which is in in every business now, right? We're thinking instead of just doing home deliveries, we're going to be doing the volume that just requires us to use Grubhub or Postmates. But uh, we actually just met a, uh, another person that has a business in Denver. And our goal is to create our own app and have our own Grubhub or Postmates or whatever, our own version of it that sells our, our things from our concepts, right? So let's say one day, uh, we're going to have our bar open and ready to go, hopefully soon, fingers crossed, where you're at home and you're like, I'm having a kickback in my house. I don't want to leave the house. Uh, I just want to have cocktails at the house with the homies. And you know what? I'm getting ready for my hangover the next day. <laughs> so so I'm going to get some pastries as well. So that, that's, that's probably our goal. Uh, online retail is 100% a part of it. Uh, but what when we're thinking about business, right, we're thinking about, financing the dream the dream is always going to be wholesale like it's a part of it um i wouldn't say it's a necessary evil but i think it's a necessary part for success to do whatever the next concept is and uh, you know going back a little bit to the last question saying you know do you want to expand out of state we're going to have satellite like our goal is to have like satellite bakeries where let's say we have our own truck send our pastries out there maybe we have like a 400 square foot space where it's just that counter and our pastries we, you know we want to do that so we can have a place in aspen even for like four months for that winter season that's that's really cool yeah <laughs> well thank you for sharing all that uh, yeah uh, i do have a, a question not, kind of not related to the business more so related to the space theme but before i do that i would love to if you could all share uh, where people can find you on social media, website, or anywhere you want to point them to uh, to get more information on the business. All right. Uh, check us out on Black Box Bakery on Instagram. So it's going to be Black Box was it, underscore, underscore Bakery. Uh, that's where you'll see all of our Instagram pictures, stuff like that. Uh, and then we have a link to our website, which is www.blackboxbakery.com. Um, there people can place orders online, uh, for pickup or delivery. Um, it has all of our information, all the location we sell, uh, we sell all the locations we sell to meaning coffee shops and restaurants. 
um, as well as any new, you know, packages we we highlight for um, holidays and stuff like that. So it's always changing and it's always going to be something new on there. So definitely check that out. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I uh, So I have one question. So let's say, and you all can have, obviously will probably have a different answer. Let's say you all were stranded in space and you could only have mm-hmm. one baked good. Uh, save your sweet, uh-huh. what would it be? Man, one baked good. Yeah, it's like one uh, good that I got. That, like that's all. In terms of baked goods, that's all you could have is one specific one. What would it be? Damn. Wait, uh, like forever? Forever? Like I get like <laughs> for my mission? I get, un- I get unlimited of this? No, or? like you're stuck in space, one. and I'm not. I'm not sure uh, when the next baked good is coming. So you only have one. Uh, <laughs> what is that baked good? For me, I'd say, oh, uh, maybe the almond croissant. Really? It lasts a while. <laughs> and I'm thinking about stability. I'm thinking about stability. Yeah. It lasts a while. I can cut it into little strips <laughs> and, and just, you know, take a bite at a time. It'll be sweet. It'll be a little savory. So it's a good combination. That's fair. I know what mine would be. I'm going to go out with a blast because it has to be that way. As I'm taking my last inhale of oxygen wow. i'm gonna look around and be like oh the space dinosaur is so delicious i'm gonna choose the one that has the most starch um <laughs> and, and that's because you know let's say i take a bite of that potato bareka and i've got i've got to get into the atmosphere i'm gonna take a bite of the potato bareka let the gases pass through me and then i'm just gonna fart my way back <laughs> that's uh that's a really smart answer uh, did not think of that thank you um i also it that. also wasn't framed as like a morbid question but i i guess we had we went there so Sorry. <laughs> no worries on that awesome well now that you all have been on the show and all my interviews the same uh obviously you're part of the line cook nation uh community of chefs cooks people in the food industry that all want to grow and learn with each other from each other and it's this community we've built together that obviously wants to uh, promote businesses such as yours so now that you've been on the show and you're a part of this community of food loving people what does it mean to you I mean, it, I think it's a really big deal for us. I think, like like Ty was saying at the beginning of the podcast, is that connections are everything. Networking is everything. Even if I'm talking to somebody, I mean, coming from CIA, now me and Israel know people that work all over the United States and in a few different countries. And that's like really exciting. And being able to be a part of Line Cook Nation is, it's really special because you're bringing together people that are running all different types of businesses, people that are working in fine dining, people that are working in grocery, people that are doing wholesale pastry. So you have the opportunity, you have this huge network and you can get like probably answers to a lot of the questions. You just have to ask them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing about our, our industry is I feel like sometimes people think that they're like lost or maybe stuck in like, something in the industry and they they have they need questions answered and it's like they're right here just ask the questions and i think that you're ray doing like such a great job of getting those answers out to people and a lot of people are listening to the podcast and it's just i mean we listen to podcasts every single day in the bakery like we just turn them on and listen to them we used to listen to music and we're like we need something that's more interactive and like listening to your podcast and it's just so good to hear from other people that are working in the industry and doing different jobs and it's exciting to hear about it's exciting to hear what other people are learning and doing well thank you and yeah it's uh it's very cool to hear that you are listening um i like to think at least someone listens to the podcast so (laughs) people listen people people are listening awesome well thank you for that and uh yeah so that was pretty much the show so just thank you for coming on awesome i got one thing i want to say oh no yeah of course Uh, (laughs) um I'm gonna I'm gonna ditto everything Mego Mego just said, (laughs) Uh, but I I want you to do me a favor, right? I know you had Grant Akis on, and um, have you had David Chang on yet? (laughs) No, so I actually only got to speak with Grant uh, through Clubhouse. Um, I've never actually spoken with David Chang, so but 
trust me, I've messaged every uh, chef in the industry. So um, it, it, hopefully you, one day. Well, if you get David Chang on, can you give him a big smooch? <laughs> from, from, from tie to him, because I think he's a fucking goddess. <laughs> You're the man, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) You're getting cut out. So there you have it, the episode with the Black Box Bakery crew. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Go order their pastries, their food at blackboxbakery.com. That's blackboxbakery.com. Also, if you are a fan of the show, you want more content like this, go to linecookthoughts.com, where we have the official blog launch, sharing a bunch of stories from people in the Line Cook Nation. Finally, if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a a review. It allows me to get exposure and it allows me to get better feedback on what exactly I could be doing to better the show. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to the crew of Black Box Bakery. Really enjoyed having you all on the show. And I'll see you all in the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast.